I'm excited uh, for one reason is that the Lord is allowing me to use one of my life verses. How many of you have life verses? Well, all of the Bible is awesome and incredible and great, isn't it? But there are a few of those verses that we just adopt as our life verses. One of mine is the one we're going to use for a text this morning, John 10 and 10. I want to read it from the Amplified Version because it is absolutely incredible. From the Amplified Version, John chapter number 10. And verse number 10, Jesus said, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Using for my subject this morning, take this life and love it. Amen. Father, thank you that you have indeed given us an uh, opportunity for an abundant life. Father, I thank you that we don't have to just drag ourselves through life. God, we don't have to just hope to just kind of barely make it and put one foot in front of the other. But I thank you that you have come that we might have life and have it in abundance. God, I pray that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. Give us ears, Lord, to hear the word. And God, I pray that we will not only hear your word, but God, I pray that, Lord, we will put your word into effect. We'll become a doer of your word as well. All for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' wonderful name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. I like the sign that hangs over the door in the Phoenix Suns locker room. It came from former Boston Celtics superstar Bill Russell. And it says, the game is scheduled. We have to play it. We might as well win. And win is what Bill Russell was all about and what he was accustomed to doing. As a player, his team won 11 NBA titles in 13 years. Well, here's what I have to say to you this morning, and that is we have been given life, and we have to live it. We might as well love it. Jesus said in our text, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance and have it to the full and have it until it overflows. What is Jesus saying to us? He's saying, take this life and love it. May I be honest with you this morning? It saddens me. It saddens me to see so many unhappy people today. And I'm not just talking about outside of, of Christianity and outside of the church, but I'm talking about within the four walls of the church. So many people are unhappy today. They're unhappy in their marriage. They're unhappy on their jobs. They're unhappy with their kids. They're unhappy with their parents. They're unhappy with their stuff. They're unhappy with themselves and, and how they look. And the list just keeps getting longer and longer and longer and longer. And I ask you this morning, where is this abundant life Jesus promises? First of all, there is no abundant life if he is not the focus of your life. I want to lay the groundwork. I want to make this my foundation. You've got to hear this and get this this morning. There is no abundant life if Jesus is not the focus of your life. 
There is no abundant life if you are not spending time in his presence through prayer and through praise and through plenty of time in his book. Let me tell you this morning that you cannot give the world 23 hours and 55 minutes of every day and try and squeeze five minutes out for God and live an abundant life. You cannot expect to enjoy the abundant life that Jesus came and, uh, to promise uh, for you. If Jesus is the provider of this abundant life and he said that he is, then how in the world could we expect to possess it without his presence? Well, this morning I, I want to make an acrostic out of the word life. And with each letter of this word, I will give you a key or a clue that will help you take this life and love it. But understand, only by inviting Jesus into your everyday life will it be possible to implement these four key ingredients. All right, you ready to get started this morning? All right, for the letter L of our acrostic, the first key ingredient is laughter. You heard me, laughter. If you take this life and love it, you're going to have to learn to laugh. Discover the humor in everything. Learn to laugh at yourself. I've seen you. You are pretty funny. Learn to laugh at yourself. Stop taking yourself and stop taking everything else so seriously. I suggest to you that life is too short to live it so uptight. You know, there are so many things that are simply out of our control. It doesn't matter what we do or we don't do. There are so many things that are out of our control. Listen, listen, you, you, you cannot make doors open for you that God has nailed shut. And some of you just don't get it. You, you keep knocking on the door and knocking on the door and pounding on the door. Amen. After a while, do you not realize the door is not going to open? Let me tell you something else. You can't make everybody like you. Did you know that as sweet and charming and people-pleasing as I am? There are actually a few people that don't like me. Man, if, as likable as I am if some people don't like me. Let me, let me just tell you, there's just, it doesn't matter. You can do backflips. You can do somersaults. You can stand on your head and still not like some people like you. Ask yourself, what will really matter in 30 years? What will really matter in 30 years? What will really matter after I'm dead and gone? You see, most of the things that we fret about, most of the things that we allow ourselves to become unhappy over, won't matter at all 30 years from now. Won't matter at all once we're in a pine box and six feet under the ground. Let me tell you where I am in life right now. I try to do my very best, and then I trust God for all the rest. 
I try to do every single thing that I can. And then I let God take care of what I can't. You see, this is the only way that I can take my life and love it. I believe that the Lord has a word for somebody here today, and the word of the Lord for somebody today is chill out. Relax. Stop trying to make things happen that are not meant to happen. Start trusting God with all of your unanswered questions. Hey, here's a thought. Start doubting your doubts. You're really good at doubting. Why don't you doubt your doubts? Listen, friend, when you've done all you can do, then you simply need to turn it loose. You need to simply take your hands off of it. You need to stop trying to manipulate it. You need to stop fretting over it. Don't fret it. Faith it. That's the word from the Lord today. You see, only when I learn to do these things can I relax and enjoy my life. Jesus said that he came that I might have and enjoy life. Now, joy speaks of laughter. It speaks of fun. It speaks of delight. Something that made you laugh. Something that was silly and crazy and fun. Start sharing those most embarrassing moments. I mean those moments when you, when you were absolutely mortified at the time, but now, now you nearly roll in the floor laughing at yourself as you tell the story. And all of us could tell those stories and all of us could relate them. I've got too many of them. I remember about nearly 25 years ago now, my wife and I and son and daughter had just moved to Midland, Texas to pioneer a church, start a church from scratch. We hadn't started the church yet, and so we went around to different churches on Sunday, you know, because we go to church on Sunday. And one Sunday night, I went to my presbyter, my overseer. I went to his church on a Sunday night. I'm the new kid on the block. I'm trying to make a good impression. And so I'm a little bit nervous also because he doesn't know me. I don't really know him. And, you know, I'm just trying to make my way and all of that. And so, and so at the end of the service, he says, Good to have uh, 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 Brother Benson here today and his family. They're going to start a Harvest Time Church in Midland in a few weeks. And we're just excited they're here tonight. Brother Mike will just stand and dismiss us in a word of prayer. Here's my time to shine. That's my presbyter. That's my leader. I'm going to make a good impression. I want to make sure I pray right. So I'm praying and I'm, my, my intent is to pray that God would help that church have outreach and be a lighthouse in the community. So I've got outreach and lighthouse on my mind as I'm praying and I say, God, make this church an outhouse for you. I will tell you a few years later, they kind of did get kind of (laughs) stinky. Krista, my daughter, was about 11 years of age at the time. She's sitting beside me. She looks up at me after I say amen, and she says, Way to go, Dad, at outhouse. (laughs) I said, Krista Ray, you be quiet. 
I said, in a few weeks, this will be funny. In a couple of months, it'll be a sermon illustration. But right now, I want to dig a hole and get in it. Learn to laugh at yourself. Stop taking yourself and everything in your life so serious. Listen, if it won't matter 30 years from now, it probably doesn't matter all that much now. And you're so consumed and you're so anxious and so worried about it. And 30 years, you won't even remember it. Take this life and love it. If you do, you'll probably have to fill it with laughter. For the I in our acrostic of the word life, I'm using the word intentionality. Intentionality. Live life on purpose. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10, but you, Timothy, you certainly know what I teach. You certainly know how I live, and you certainly know what my purpose in life is. Now, for the past several years, I have been absolutely consumed, totally challenged with this word purpose. It literally burns in my spirit. That's why it comes out so often. To discover what my purpose is and then to passionately pursue it. In fact, the word or the direction for our church, the grace place, that God gave me for this year is the word purpose. This is to be the year of purpose. So everything that we do should have a purpose or we shouldn't waste our time with it. Everything we do should somehow add value to our purpose or we shouldn't do it. Listen, if we take this life and love it, we will have to live our lives with intentionality. Not only will we live life on purpose, but we will live life with priorities. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Make the most of every opportunity. Here's what I've learned. You will either tell yourself what you want to do with your time or somebody else will. I said, you're either going to make the decision what you're going to do with your time or somebody else is going to make that decision for you. People say all the time, I don't have time. Well, the truth of the matter is we all have the same amount of time. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days in a week. We all have 365 days in a year. We all have the same amount of time. And let me tell you this morning that if you will not prioritize, life will steal your time. And too many minor things will consume your time to the point that you have no time for the major things. And there will always be something you could do. But is it what you should do? And there's always going to be somebody that thinks you ought to do something. Something, not something. You Texans understood something, didn't you? I'm trying to become very, very selective with my time. Because I'm running out of time. And here's how I am prioritizing. 
Number one, do what God wants me to do. I'm not boasting, I'm not bragging, but God knows my heart. I will do anything God tells me to do. But he's got to make it clear these days. I mean, it's got to be clear. When God makes it clear, I don't care what it is, I'll do it. Because I've learned the best thing to do in life is to do what God tells you to do. No matter what it costs you, no matter what anything, do what God asks you to do. And so my number one priority in life is just simply to do what God wants me to do. And I'm willing to do whatever it is God wants me to do. Number two, my second priority is, is that I do what brings the most return on my investment. Do what brings the most return on my investment. Now, I can do a few things to make myself look good and say, let people say, oh, what a servant he is, and look at him work. But it doesn't bring much return on my investment. And so, you know what, I, you know, okay, I'm not going to be doing a lot of things that people think I ought to be doing because there's no return on my investment. How many know that time is one of the greatest investments that you have? So here's how I'm prioritizing. Number one, I do what God wants me to do. Number two, I do what brings the most return on my investment. Number three, I do what gives me the most satisfaction and fulfillment. Do what gives me the most satisfaction and fulfillment. Because you know why? Because I will do that better than anything else. What brings me satisfaction, what brings me fulfillment, man, I mean, I work like a dog and it won't even seem like work. And then number four, I'm going to do what I enjoy. I said, I'm going to do what I enjoy. Number four, I'm going to do what I enjoy. I'm going to have some fun. No, it's not going to be one big giant party, but I'm going to have some fun along the way. The title of my message today is Take This Life and Love It. We've been given a life. We have to live it. We might as well love it. For the letter F in our acrostic of the word life, another key ingredient is forgiveness. Forgiveness. This is one of the most important ingredients of them all. And without this key ingredient, ingredients, Ingredient, without this key ingredient, happiness and joy are absolutely impossible. And the first thing you need to do is you need to get forgiveness. Say, get forgiveness. First John 1 and 9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and God is just and God will forgive us of all of our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 says to repent of all of your sins and you will be forgiven. And times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Now we could look at that verse and think, wow, that's a negative verse. Repent of your sins. But I want you to see that this is a very positive scripture. The writer of the book of Acts says, repent of your sins and you will be forgiven. But notice he said, and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Did you hear what the writer of the book of Acts said? He said that times of refreshing will come to those that have their sins forgiven. You see, there's just something wonderful. There's just something liberating about knowing that our sins have been forgiven. 
to know that we have been released from the condemnation and the eternal damnation that comes to those of us who are to those who refuse to repent of their sins. How can you take this life and love it? Oh, if you have unconfessed sin hanging over your How can you take this life and love it if you feel guilty, if you feel condemned? Oh, if you live in constant fear of where you will spend eternity if you die a sinner. Oh, but Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus or or to those who are in right relationship with Him. Oh, how awesome it is to walk In freedom, oh, to know that your sins are forgiven, oh, oh, to be free from guilt and free from condemnation, oh, and free from from, from, from the fear of the wrath of Almighty God. Oh, it is totally impossible to take our life and love it until we get forgiveness. And the Bible says you get forgiveness by repenting of your sins and asking Jesus To become the Lord of your life. Oh, to place your faith and your trust, your hope and your confidence in what Jesus did for you on the cross. Doing for you what you could never ever do for yourself. But not only should you get forgiveness, you should also give forgiveness. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 and 15, Jesus says, if, say if. Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But, say but. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Say, pastors, is there anything God can't do? Well, we say God can't. There's nothing God can't do, but there is something God can't do, and that is He can't forgive you if you don't forgive others. That's what He said. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says, Be kind to, be kind to each other, tender-hearted to each other, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. One of the reasons why some people can't be happy is because of unforgiveness. You try and you look and you wonder why everybody else is happy and wonder why in the world. Oh, I have everything that I ought to have to make me happy. I have everything I said would make me happy. If I had it now, I have it. I'm still unhappy. Why am I unhappy? Some people can't be happy. It's because they have unforgiveness in their life. They hold a grudge against somebody. They harbor anger. They harbor hatred. They harbor bitterness against somebody. And it totally consumes them and it totally eats up, eats them up on the inside. It might be legitimate, it might be assumed. I had a man, I've told you about before, but I had a man tell me that he hated me for five years. Came up to me and said, I need to apologize to you. He said, I I have hated you for five years. He said, before discovering that what I hated you for wasn't even true. He had listened to someone who had lied about me. I didn't know I was important enough people to lie about. (laughs) Evidently I am because somebody just told me this week somebody lied about me. 
I wasn't even aware of how this man felt about me until he apologized to me for something I didn't even know about. And something I didn't even do. See, that's what's so sad. People harbor unforgiveness in their hearts and it literally eats them up. It literally destroys their happiness. All but the person they are so upset with has long moved on and are totally unaffected and perhaps even clueless as I was to the other person's feelings. And it may not even be true at all. So don't just give forgiveness for the other person's benefit. Give it for your own benefit. Don't just give it for the benefit of that one that you are forgiving, but give it for the benefit of yourself. Giving forgiveness to someone else, whether they deserve it or or not, whether they ask for it or not. Giving forgiveness is one of the greatest gifts that you can give, not just to somebody else, but it is one of the greatest gifts you can give to yourself. I love the old story of the man who played the guitar. But he played the guitar different than everybody else played the guitar. And finally one day his wife said, Honey, Why do you play the guitar different than everybody else plays the guitar? And he said, what are you talking about? She said, well, I watch other guitar players, and they're up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down the neck of the guitar. And they're up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down the neck of the guitar. And I look up at you, and you're just stuck on one note. He said, that's easy. He said, they're all looking for it. I found it. (laughs) There are too many people that are stuck on one chord. I said there are too many people that are stuck on one chord. One situation, one circumstance, one person. One relationship. They're stuck on one thing. God has all this abundance and they're stuck on that one negative cord. I know what I'm talking about. I've talked to people. I've talked to people that I've never even met before and I, you know, I, you know, not in, into the conversation 30 seconds and they're telling me of their life story. And they're telling me about all that hurt and all that pain. And I've got a pastor's heart. I really do. Oh, it's terrible. I'm so sorry. No one should have to go through that. When was that? <laughs> back in 80, man. Back in... What? Last I checked, it's 2015. God has all of this abundance, all of these blessings, but they can't get any of these blessings. They can't have any of this abundance because they're stuck on the one cord. I've got a word for somebody here today. I mean it. It's time to get off of that cord. I said it's time to get off of that cord. Time to get over that bitterness and that anger and that hurt. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I am genuinely, totally, completely sorry. But God has so much more. But you have no abundance in your life. You have no blessing in your life. Because all you do is focus on that one sour note. The title of my message today is Take This Life and Love It. If you do, for the letter E in our acrostic, you have to have this ingredient, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Romans 12 and 11 says, never lack in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit as you serve the Lord. Friend, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing with enthusiasm. And friend, if you can't do what you do with enthusiasm, then you're doing the wrong thing. Eugene Ormandy was a famous conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra. He was so enthusiastic in directing his orchestra, he dislocated his shoulder. That's enthusiasm. I like what legendary Green Bay Packers football coach Vince Lombardi was famous for saying. He said, if you can't, if you aren't, he said, if you aren't fired with enthusiasm, he said, you'll be fired with enthusiasm. <laughs> Let me quickly suggest two things this morning. Number one, attitude conquers adversity. Attitude conquers adversity. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. What is Nehemiah saying here? He, he, he's saying that the strength to conquer, the strength, strength to overcome adversity comes from the joy of the Lord. Isaiah 61 and 3 says to put on the garment of praise to cover up the spirit of despair. Attitude conquers adversity. Read the Bible. Read about men like David and Job and Joseph and Paul and others. Oh, all of these men and many others conquered their adversity because, because of their unwavering faith and because of their determination and because they possessed a positive attitude. Number two, attitude. You've heard it. I'm just repeating it. But attitude determines altitude. Proverbs 15 and 15, listen to this, this is powerful. Proverbs 15 and 15 says, For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Here's what I believe. We get what we choose to focus on. You see, life will offer us both sunshine and rain. It will, it will offer us both joy and sorrow. It will offer us both good and bad. Oh, which do you choose to focus on? Because your attitude will determine your altitude. The wisdom writer said in Proverbs 15 and 15, he says, if you choose to focus on your despondency, he said, every day will be a troubled day. 
If you focus on your trouble, if you focus on your problem, if you focus on your struggle, if you focus on your heartache, if you focus on your problem, every day will be a troubled day. But if you choose, say choose, a happy heart. Circumstances haven't changed. Situations haven't changed. The thing that has changed is you and your attitude. If you choose a happy heart, your life will be a continual feast. I ask you this morning, which one of them sounds the best to you? Troubled days or continual feast? It's your choice. Somebody said a pessimist can hardly wait for the future. So they can look back with regret. I've got some practical advice for somebody here today. I've got some good practical advice for, for any employer trying to hire employees or, or anyone in charge of working with volunteers. I've got some good, solid, free advice. Hire or select people with good, positive attitudes. Skills can be taught. Skills can be taught. Worship team, get back in place this morning, please. The title of my message today is Take This Life and Love It. If you don't love your life today, why not? Why not? Have you forgot how to laugh? Life is definitely not just one giant party, but don't forget to have some fun along the way. Do you live your life with intentionality or is your life's mission statement, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Have you failed to get forgiveness? Have you failed to give forgiveness? Have you lost your enthusiasm for living? How's your attitude? Do you need a checkup from the neck up? And just in case someone here today thinks that pastor's just given some self-help motivational speech this morning, let me remind you of my text, one of my life verses. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, who said it? He said, I came that you might have and... I don't know about you, when I was growing up, the preachers forgot the end. Jesus said, I came that you might have and enjoy life. And have it in abundance. Have it to the full. Have it until it overflows. What would Jesus say? Take this life and love it. Let me ask you, is there anything appealing about you? Is there any reason why somebody would like to be around you? Amen? I don't think I'm going to draw very many people to Jesus unless I'm living an abundant life. Unless I'm living a life of victory. 
a life of joy unspeakable and full of glory. Didn't say it wouldn't be bad days. Didn't say it wouldn't be hard. Didn't say I'm going to bat a thousand. No, 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 no. But I believe he wants me to enjoy the life I have, living for him, serving him, and letting my light so shine before men. They may see my good works and glorify my Father, which is in heaven. Father, thank you for the word of God today. I just pray today. God, I pray today that you'll take this word this morning. Lord, not my little sermon that I put together, but God, the word, the true word. The word of God today. Take the word of God today and do with it what you want to do with it. Do with it what you want to do with it today. Everyone standing in his presence this morning. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed all over this room today. Nobody's talking or moving about or making noise or leaving. This is the most important part of the service. It's what the whole service is geared toward right here, this moment and this time. Friend, you will never, ever experience life to the full without Jesus Christ being Lord of your life. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care where you live. I don't care what country club you're a part of. I don't care what position you hold. You'll just constantly grab, grapple and grab for that next thing, that next thing, that next thing, that next thing that's going to make me happy. It's going to give me joy. It's going to give me peace. No, none of those things will ever do it. But a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing that will do it. That's right. The abundant life is letting Jesus live his life through you. So as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I wonder if there's one or several in this room this morning. You'd say, Pastor, you don't have to say it, but by lifting your hand, you will just, you will be saying, signifying, I need Jesus Christ to become the Lord of my life. Jesus Christ is not the Lord of my life right now. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life right here, right now, today. Can I see your hand all over this room? I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Lift it up really high and wave it at me if, if you if, you're here this morning. I want to make Jesus. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hand down now. Thank you so much. How many others this morning all over this room? I want to make Jesus. Jesus is not the Lord of my life. I want to make him the Lord of my life today. Will you join those that lifted their hand today all over this room? Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hand down now. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hand down. How many others this morning? I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Lift it up and, and wave it at me so I make sure I see you. Anyone else? I want to make sure I take plenty of time this morning. All right. There were, I'm guessing, eight, ten people lifted their hand this morning. I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. I want you to pray it from your heart, not just from your lips. I want everyone to pray it so they're not singled out and praying it alone. Everyone pray this prayer with me. But if you lifted your hand this morning, this prayer is for you today. I want you to pray it from your heart and mean it from your heart. And if you pray it and mean it from your heart, God will hear you today. Pray this prayer with me. Everyone pray it. Heavenly Father. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life today. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life today. 
I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I ask you to become my Savior. I place my faith, my trust, my hope, my confidence. In Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. I want to enjoy that abundant life. I want Jesus to be Lord of all parts of my life. If you prayed that prayer today and you meant it with all your heart, the Lord heard your prayer. He moved into your heart and into your life today. He received it by faith today. Begin to walk with the Lord today. Your heads are still bowed and your eyes are still closed. I wonder how many this morning you'll be. Nobody's going to see this. Nobody's looking. Nobody on the platform's looking. Their eyes are closed as well. They open their eyes. The platform will open up and swallow them up this morning. I'm standing up here real close. I wonder if you'd be bold enough and honest enough today to say, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. I love Jesus, but I'm far from experiencing that abundant life. I want to take my life and love it. I want to take my life and cherish it. I want to put in practice those things you told us today. I want to put those key ingredients into effect so that I can see my life become an abundant life. If that's you all over this room, would you be bold enough to lift your hand? Thank you. God bless you and you. Several, several, several. Many are lifting their hands. Others probably should be, but Father, I just pray today, Father, in the name of Jesus, for each one that lifted a hand today. God, it has not been my intention today to preach some self-help or some just pump up people kind of sermon today. This is your word. It's what you put in my heart. And God, I also talked about repentance today and I also talked about salvation today all of these kinds of things today God I just pray today Father for each one this morning that lifted their hand God I pray they will not just have heard another sermon but God I pray that they will take this message home with them and I pray Lord that they will begin to implement these key ingredients in their life and God I know because it's your word it's your word it's not my sermon it's your word God, they will see their life become better. Lord, their life, things will pick up in their life, Father. There will be a joy. There will be, Lord, a satisfaction. There will be a contentment, Father. There will be, Lord, an abundant life for them. In Jesus' name, amen. I want everyone to come to the front. If you lifted your hand, you make sure and come to the front, but everybody else as well, come. Let's come in and get a little closer this morning. Always like to close out the service, if possible. At the altar, we believe in the altar. There's just something special about just, I don't know what it is, but there's just something special about moving forward. It's just kind of like we're, we're taking action now. We're taking action. We're moving toward it. We're not just sitting there accept, receiving it. We're not just sitting there listening to it, but, but we're taking action. We're coming forward, and we're going to take a couple of moments, and we're going, to, we're, we're, we're going to cement what we have heard into our spirit and into our heart and into our life. Everyone's coming as close as you possibly can this morning. Hallelujah. Would you just start doing that this morning? Amen. Just start doing that. Just start talking to the Lord this morning. Just 
Just start implementing those things today and asking God to help you this morning. Asking Him to give you that abundant life that He promised. Would you do it one-on-one, just you and Jesus, for a couple of moments this morning? What have you done? 